to discuss the real issues affecting the Tasman nations, this is Trad Tasman Talk, jointly produced by the Unshackled.net and RightMinds.nz. Now, here's Tim Wilms in Australia and Dewa DeVore in New Zealand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Trad Tasman Talk. Back on a Friday night, the 1st of July 2022. Happy new financial year. I'm Tim Williams, <laughs> editor of Fifty Unshackled here in Melbourne, where it is 6 p.m. And I am Dewey DeVore for Right Minds in Auckland, and it is 8 p.m. here. And the uh, new financial year here starts on uh, uh, April. So, uh, you know, didn't know that you guys did that differently, but. <laughs> Oh, well, you can't miss it because all of the, the major retailers have their end of financial year sales because that's traditionally when uh, stock takes happen uh, for company reports and then it's uh, tax re- return season starting after that. Uh, so it's a, a lot uh, changes over on the, on the 1st of July. Uh, very interesting. On the on that subject of of sales, was actually a, a topic I didn't fit into this uh, this show. But we had a new public holiday last week, uh, which is why I wasn't able to do the show last week because uh, we were busy then. But new new public holiday here, uh, Matariki, uh, the New Year, basically based around you know or the the Maori New Year based around the uh, winter solstice, uh, and lot of obviously sale uh, sales. You know, you'd normally have sales with a public holiday. You had these companies that wanted to do Matariki sales. And uh, a few of them had to issue apologies uh, because they had mobs, um, uh, mobs come after them for attempting to commercialize the new sacred holiday of New Zealand. So a new religious holiday in New Zealand uh, and uh, you weren't allowed to do special sales. So uh, you get, you'd get emails from companies instead saying, uh, you know, we're having a long weekend sale. Would you like to come in for our long weekend sale? <laughs> Yes, uh, uh, going around the 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 edges. It sort of, it sort it sort of would be like uh, if the 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 extreme left got their way and Australia Day uh, was was cancelled, uh, January twenty uh, sixth, uh, there would be just um, have a drink on this particular day. That's how it'd be. It's like talking in code to basically <laughs> not uh, offend uh, the the new zeitgeist. All right. Uh, well, now, it's been I was gonna say yeah. it's been a, a tradition for a long, long time here to talk to to do the the COVID update. Um, I don't even know what's going on here in New Zealand anymore. We, yeah. Well, yeah. I still officially well, yeah, an orange orange traffic light. It was yesterday they announced the extension of the orange traffic light. I can't even remember what that means. It just means that masks continue in retail and some other settings. Mm-hmm. The good news is we're getting a lot less compliance with that. Um, I don't think I've been asked about you know masks for months and months. Uh, compliance everywhere is dropping wherever you go, so it's good to see. But it is very very sad, uh, uh, you know, that we're still doing this basically. In uh, all of the states and territories, masks are only mandatory in aged care, uh, healthcare settings, and uh, on planes and public transport. Though on 
public transport, uh, there is very low uh, compliance. The the COVID cultists they uh, they continue to to push masks. Uh, uh, Queensland Chief Health Officer John Gerrard uh, talked about the the school of thought uh, that's uh, pressuring uh, mask mandates to come back. Though he's not uh, in favour because he's one of the the good. Uh, chief health officers, but he did say he was concerned about the the new uh, Omicron BA four and five uh, wave, which we're told is 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 coming, and that uh, well, uh, what's uh, needed is fast approval of the Omicron tailored uh, mRNA Pfizer and Moderna uh, vaccines, and so they're coming. Coming soon, as are the, the the baby mRNA vaccines for six months to five years as well. So, uh, although there's not much uh, uh, not much appetite for uh, or push uh, from governments for masks at the moment, it's all about the uh, more jabs. That uh, vaccines uh, continue to be your best defence. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Uh, still get the text messages like every week, almost, you know, come more jabs, flu jabs. Um, you've got our insane uh, media epidemiologists still saying, you know, we need to have uh, masks, uh, masks for the flu, uh, isolation, mandatory isolation for the flu. Like it goes on and on. Well, you thanks, you know, these hysterical. I know I should have should have got my flu jab, right? No, thanks. I'd rather have the flu. Um, and you may still be able to hear it in my voice, but yeah, I had had the flu for two weeks, and you've got long flu. For it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Um, so that's all good. Uh, yeah, uh, who you know, you um, you get sick. It's not all life's life's not all about uh, um, just the the just the ups. You know, you got to have the downs and uh, and be reminded of what's important. So. Uh, but we do have this uh, stool of thought now that uh, basically uh, if you, what is it, uh, stay inside your home as much as possible and only go out with either, because well, they've upgraded now to N95 and what is it, gas masks now. There's apparently some <laughs> who are going to start with gas, gas masks. Uh, uh, apparently that's a, a way of living and it's more preferable mm. to just getting uh, sick uh, every now and then. Yeah, I, it's hard to tell when you, you think, okay, when when is the last of the craziness going to go away? But you, you can't tell. Well, it's still, it's we still have the... Be, uh, who knows, maybe in five years there will still be crazy people. It's it's really hard to tell. Yeah, like when are they going to stop wearing masks? Uh, that's that's the, that's the question that needs to be mm-hmm. needs to be asked. Uh, the uh, the mainstream media they're getting prepared uh, all of these stories to commiserate uh, uh, Australia's uh, 10,000 death frith COVID, so not quite from COVID, but definitely with, because the the mainstream media, they they love uh, occasionally uh, uh, returning the the COVID fear porn, and there's still a lot of uh, epidemiologists they can uh, call upon to give them a a grim 
uh, picture. Uh, though, as I said, uh, we are at even though we're in the, the depths of of winter, uh, we still have the the most minimum restrictions uh, that uh, we've had in the the, the past uh, two years. And uh, Western Australia under uh, uh, Premier Mark McGowan used to be the uh, strictest in terms of COVID reaction. Uh, he's now moved the state to weekly COVID reports. So there's no uh, daily, day, daily figures uh, tweeted out every day. Yeah, it's good to see good, good to see them slowly move away from it. But you can tell they're hoping for something more, like they're hoping for it to not really be over. Oh, yeah, but uh, flu has certainly a resurgence of the flu. That's uh, given them uh, given them an edge. And what is that? They talk about how uh, yeah. BA four and five it can evade uh, natural but, but immunity. The only, and the, the only reason the flu is so big now is because we basically haven't had the flu for the past two years. So you know what keeps and everyone's immune system what is keeps weaker. the flu manageable is that is that it's normal right is that it's part of every yearly cycle and so you get a, a steady amount of it every single year and now it's you know it, 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 it's absolutely insane and and like you, you can see they want to continue with it right they, they they really want to continue with this and the only reason they're not continuing in some ways is that their hand has been forced that that people uh people won't take anymore so they ease off enough so that people, you know, okay, well, this is what people will handle. This is what people will accept. Uh, we have a new health minister in Victoria. Martin Foley is retiring. So Marianne Thomas is our new health minister. Uh, her first big decision will whether to be extend uh, Victoria's pandemic declaration, which is due to expire on uh, July the, the 12th, because uh, obviously we still have the uh, the the seven day mandatory isolation if you uh, test positive the the signing in of the the new ministers uh, the Victorian state ministers uh, because there was uh, four ministers who announced their retirement the swearing in turned out to be a super spreader event uh, with the, the new deputy premier Jacinta Allen getting COVID and uh, the uh, one of the the new ministers Harriet uh, uh, Shing. Uh, getting COVID uh, as well, and they weren't wearing masks. But uh, uh, since it is the the first of July, uh, it signifies the the end of uh, Alphabet Pride Month. So we could get <laughs> the monkeypox curve uh, continue to flatten. Uh, yes, one of the. Uh, 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 you know, big things that, we, that or, or a lot of the news items that we've got to discuss this, you know, this show do come from, from the past month. And it's been quite uh, a gr good month, I think, for uh, many right wingers. It's been a terrible month for uh, for many on the left. The uh, LGBT crowd has uh, has had uh, lost after I loss. I just Well, like, that's the thing. I, don't worry about the letters, but the... Uh, it, it, it doesn't really matter what you call them. They know they know who they are. We know who they are. There's only two sides, really. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, you, you basically you're either you're either stand for the truth. You're either on the Christian side or you're on the satanic side, and that's really all we've got now. You know, there's no like, oh yes, we're going to have a, a a wonderful liberal state that's secular and not you know not religious. Uh, you 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 either are going to have a Christian nation or you're going to have a demon nation. Those are your only two real options, and and even 
uh, the most enlightened atheist should be able to see that by now. Uh, we had uh, some uh, advice come out for monkeypox uh, safe sex. So try virtual sex, uh, masturbate six feet apart, wash afterwards, avoid kissing, wear clothes, uh, cover your rashes, or, uh, you know, just keep it in your pants. <clears throat> yeah, uh, the monkeypox... As I predicted, the monkeypox thing has been a, a flop, and they're trying, they're trying to normalize, you know, monkeypox as being something that normal people can catch, but that's not the case. Mm. So. But um, they, one of the, Colin mentioned in the chat that they, uh, the, what is it, polio scare in the, mm -hmm. the UK, they found some genetically linked poo in the London sewerage uh, mm -hmm. of polio. And uh, as I haven't heard any updates, it, that it is London. The, the the people who are infected with with polio but uh, another thing to be uh scared of is uh super gonorrhea uh which is uh painful drug resistant he got it on international vacation an austrian man he reportedly caught it uh it's after having relations with a sex worker in uh cambodia so if you don't do that, I'm pretty sure you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Again, keep it in your pants. Yeah, yeah but uh, obviously, uh, what is it? Uh, well, there still are uh, some uh, people who advocate uh, lockdowns. That was, what is it, the one-year anniversary of the, the Greater uh, Sydney uh, lockdown on uh, Sunday. And... Uh, what was announced uh, at, well, at the on on the one year anniversary on the the dot at uh, six pm on Sunday night was a B lockdown in New South Wales uh, because uh, there's this there's this new imported uh, ferramite parasite which was found in hives at the port of Newcastle which happens to be fifty percent owned by the the mm -hmm. CCP another imported virus with a CCP mm -hmm. uh, connection and it's escalated quite a bit uh, with uh, more than six million bees. <laughs> Terminated in New South Wales uh, with, with more to come. So it's uh, spreading uh, rapidly. So there's three uh, new biosecurity uh, zones. Uh, you, uh, so it's, it's called here the sacrifice for the, the greater good. So this is the, the emergency zone. So there's a, what is that, an eradication zone around the port. Then there's a mm -hmm. surveillance zone and notification uh, zone. So yeah, movement of bees has been uh, banned, and also there's been uh, border closures as well, SA uh, border uh, restrictions. So, and uh, they're saying that this could have uh, devastating uh, consequences for our food supply because of uh, bees uh, pollinating uh, crops. Uh, so, this is going to uh, have a further sting on our, our our food supply and i think everyone wishes that this uh, parasite would just buzz off <laughs> and uh we did have a, a good week last week uh probably uh, uh one of the most exciting weeks uh, at least that i can remember um in, in uh you know with the united states supreme court overturning roe v wade uh, uh, which, by the way, doesn't 
mean the end of abortion. Like this is the beginning of uh, of what a really, you know, I think of, of being able to see uh, what is possible in America. Obviously, the states should have uh, tried to nullify Roe v. Wade before. None of them did. Now we can see, uh, you know, who who's just uh, posturing, who is uh, in the Republican Party was pushing for pro-life votes uh, and, and didn't really mean it. But the important thing here is the international impact, obviously, because everybody understands that in a globalized world, all politics is global. People understand that Roe v. Wade allowed the Americans to export the, the abortion industry at a global level. They could fund it at a global level. Well, the federal the government still can, uh, because you oh. have a, an administration yeah. run by death eaters, and, well, it's run by a president who's near death. So, yes. but, but they have to now turn a lot of that funding inward because they've got like half the states that will probably try and ban abortion or at least restrict it because the only thing they'll be happy with is is complete abortion on demand at any point so they now have yeah, to spend a lot of those resources inward and obviously there's a lot more um uh you know there will be a lot more focus uh uh on abortion in other places and that affects new zealand and australia as well and you can tell that that's that's the case because every single one of our politicians had to make a comment on it you know jacinda ardern had a, a yes. facebook post how she was devastated um and uh uh you know <clears throat> uh uh you know again talking here yeah, about yeah so uh, right you've you're absolutely entitled to have convictions blah 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 um but you know obviously murdering babies is what's the most important you can have your own convictions but if you don't like murdering babies then you can't have any you know you know then keep your mouth shut um you had the national party leader um uh, chris luxon uh, talk about how terrible it was that roe v wade is overturned and the only mp in in our parliament who who even said something positive was Simon O'Connor, who just said, uh, this is a good day. He didn't make any direct references. It was, you know, sort of this vague thing. Obviously, everybody knew what he was talking about. And what he said was so distressful to the uh, MPs in the National Party that uh, Luxon made him delete the post and made him apologize. So they claim it was no, not a gag order, but the fact that he did a sort of a Maoist fake apology, you know, while he was uh, metaphorically being whipped um is you know is is all you need to know so the the national party was uh you know they were scared that uh people might think oh great you know you know with roe v wade being overturned in in america this is an opportunity for us just to make a difference here in new zealand and uh you know he's scared because he thinks that he can win the election but if he uh has even one mp who who might say, hey, I actually maybe murdering babies isn't a good idea, then he thinks he might lose the election or there may be some kind of revolt from the liberal wing uh, you know, in the party. So, yeah, that's how, that's the the terrible state of, of New Zealand politics and New Zealand parliament, and that is that not even one MP could say, you know what, murdering babies is not a good idea. And uh, so they decided to focus on uh, you uh, because uh, you're yes. a member of the, the new conservative party. And so there's this uh, pro-life uh, danger uh, that's uh, lurking that uh, could influence the next election. So this is this is what you put on uh, Telegram. Uh, that, uh, oh, this, is what I, so this is what I put on Telegram after um, the... What the story was based on was a it was just a post that i had posted of um uh have i got the link here to the news hub article um they yeah i've got it, it here in the, in the header oh, yeah, cool. um they they put it in the 
Uh, did they put it in the photo? No, they haven't. Did they take it down? Uh, I can scroll a little bit further down. You can see the original tweet that they uh, got. They oh, yes. So I posted that that one first. That was the first thing I did. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, um, because obviously they're going to, I was like, oh, they're all going to reference Gilead and be like, oh, you know, this is like the Handmaid's Tale, you know, her, der, uh, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, we'll get in, get in, get in early and tell them, yeah, this is, you know, um, this is great. This is what, uh, what it's going to look like. Uh, uh, obviously the Handmaid's Tale is garbage and, you know, it's not even remotely Christian. What we want is something that's actually Christian. And that's why I followed it up with that, uh, that post there after the uh, media wrote the article saying, you know, we're going to replace it with something Christian, right? They're the ones that are uh, projecting. They they build their, uh, you know, they. they I they mean, they're always made. dressing up the the U.S. liberals <laughs> as 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 handmaids. Yeah, but, but they God. dress actual women up as handmaids. Uh, they use actual women to to uh, you know as surrogates uh, to to have their babies. They pay them. They buy children. And obviously they hang the imperial, uh, you know, the trans-imperial flag uh, over your country, uh, all of this stuff. That's that's what they do. Uh, so, and we're gonna it's, we're gonna we're gonna great. put something yeah. something yeah. Christian something Current. Christian is going to come. We're gonna New Zealand was founded as a Christian nation, and like I said at the beginning of the show, now they have a Christian, now they have something Christian, or you can have something that's just de demonic. So those are your two options, and there's no there's no middle road, as should be obvious uh, by this by this photo. It's so hideous there, what is it, the new alphabet flag. It looks like a mixture of rainbow and Neapolitan ice cream. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I said it. So, it's so hideous. And, um, yes, there was a, another uh, a blog uh, from this. I'd never heard of him. Uh, awesome. Martin Bradbury. Martin, who he's known as Martin talked Bomber about Bradbury. Yeah, uh, yeah, just, just uh, what is it? Uh, a, because you know you're only running as a as a candidate. It's a, a, um, your what is it? Is, yeah, you said. Uh, yeah, well, I'm probably not. I'm probably not running as a as a candidate. I'm a board member and and in charge of. Um, you know, I'm basically the board secretary. I do a lot of the uh, strategic overseeing, a lot of the digital stuff that I'm doing behind the scenes that I really enjoy. I don't actually think I'll have time to be a candidate. Um, you just need someone to, you know, the, yeah, the, you got to have like a, in politics, you got to have like a, you know, a puppet master doing all the puppet stuff. Um, so that I'm, I, I really enjoy that. So that's something that I'm really focusing on this time. Um, and yeah, Martin Bradbury was concerned. Uh, he's, he's a well-known figure among the New Zealand left, a very famous left winger. Uh, he uh, thinks that this is going to be an issue that uh, potentially could put an actual social conservative party into parliament. And I think so. I think we got too distracted in the past and we're going to be, we're going to be laser focused uh, this time. And, um, you know, I think this is, this is really it. Um, especially being able to go after the national party, um, on this because they have a lot of conservative voters. We we just need to peel off a few percentage. So that's yeah, a few percentages off their vote. And uh, and I think we have a, a really good chance here. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I won't say anymore. I won't say anymore. Yeah. yeah so uh, he's, he's obviously uh, quite scared about uh, new conservative uh, uh, potential because he says we're on dangerous ground now. Uh, uh, feral lunatic anti-abortionism is one of them. You forgot in the city how regressive parts of NZ are. And so, <laughs> yes, very yeah, yeah. 
and uh no you should come come to south auckland uh that's where all the all the good people live uh but you know sadly um, a lot of them folks well, as well so i think but uh, south auckland it also has uh well the the actual uh f f feral lunatics there are the gang shooting the place up <laughs> oh absolutely uh but the, the ones that i see is the real the, the worst of the feral lunatics are um are these insane far leftists uh you know pro-abortionists people who think it's okay to murder babies that's that's the real uh the real feral lunacy in new zealand uh, obviously, uh, in uh, Australia, uh, our uh, is, uh, politicians had to express their views, even though uh, abortion in the United States, like it is in Australia, is decided by the states. And seven out of eight states and territories have, uh, what is it, fully uh, legalized uh, abortion. Only Western Australia has it still in the Crimes Act. So the Minister for Women, Katie Gallagher, said this was a dev devastating uh, decision and uh, it reinforced the need for Australians to remain vigilant because hard-fought wins uh, before our parliaments can easily be taken away. And so Albanese said that uh, uh, pe uh, people were entitled to their own views, but not to impose their views on women for whom this is a deeply personal uh, decision. And uh, we had, uh, obviously it mentions here that uh, uh, Matt Canavan, he tweeted it was a wonderful day to protect human life. And uh, Bernie Finn, who got kicked out of the Victorian Liberal Party, uh, for his uh, pro-life views, called it a monumentous day for humanity. Uh, but uh, yes, they are sadly, well, Bernie Finn's not even in the LNP anymore. Mm. They are sadly the uh, minority, the, the new uh, deputy Liberal leader, uh, Susan Lay, said that uh, abortion ruling is a, a step uh, backwards, and she said the issue should be approached with uh, sensitivity and respect. I'm very discomforted by anything that puts a personal and sensitive issue that a woman has to grapple with in many instances, uh, or a family has to grapple with in the same sentence as, as criminal. Uh, she agreed with former President uh, uh, Bill Clinton, who said that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare, though uh, the modern progressives basically talk about it like <laughs> it you know, happen all the time well, that's like i said there's not there's, there's there's none of this like middle road stuff you know that was a very temporary part of new zealand or just you know the global the global liberal order had this uh you know this this middle line that they walked for you know what 30 40 years i mean that's that's a fairy tale you you you're either you know you, you either have good or you have evil and that's uh yeah, yeah. you'll very very quickly move uh, to one or the other. And so, as you can see there in, in Australia as well, there's no there's no middle ground. Uh, notice how that uh, they all talk about uh, how that this is uh, an issue affecting women. Uh, they, they know what the, the definition of a woman is again. And you recall that uh, in April this year, uh, the Secretary of the Australian Department of Health, Professor 
Brendan Murphy AC, who's got a companion of the Order of Australia, uh, now was asked about the, the definition of woman by Liberal Senator Alex Antic. Well, I'm going to finish up then, because this hasn't been very helpful, with a very simple question for the department, and that is one which has troubled me for a great deal of time with the bureaucracy here. Can someone please provide me with a definition of what a woman is? <coughs> department of Health. Definition of a man. Definition of a woman. Anyone? It's pretty basic. Basic stuff. Professor Murphy. <laughs> there, look, I think there are... There are a variety of definitions, and I, I think a simple perhaps, one. perhaps to give a, a more fulsome answer, we should take that on notice. You're going to take on notice yeah. the question of what a woman is. No, well, there, there are a variety. It's a very, it's a very, uh, it's a very contested space at mm. the moment, Senator. It's not I just mean, a woman who's born a woman, but there are definitions in terms of how people identify themselves. So we're happy to provide. Our working that definition is on one of the, I'm, I've only been here two years. That's the best thing I've seen thus far. Thank you so much. Um. <laughs> well, uh, some good news that uh, Professor Brendan Murphy has uh, provided the Australian Department of Health's working definition of the, the definition of a woman. So the framework adopted to define a person's gender include chromosomal makeup, the gender assigned at birth, and the gender with which a person <laughs> identifies. The Department of Health does not adopt a single definition. Health policies and access to health programs are based on clinical evidence and clinical need for all Australians, regardless of gender identity, biological characteristics, or genetic variations. Our programs are designed to be inclusive to provide better health and well-being for all Australians. The answer was the initial reaction to the question. And I think there's a good, uh, there's a comment here from Origin, uh, no deviation from the progressive orthodoxy. And that's what I was talking about before with abortion. It's the same thing here with the definition of a woman. There is no deviation from the progressive orthodoxy. You either have the demonic definition or you have the Christian definition. You can't walk a middle road. There's no, they, they, there's, there's no middle road. Uh, you know, give me, give me one example of somebody uh, in the current year right now who, who can walk a middle road on, on that issue. No, you can't. You're either on the good side or you're on the bad side. Uh, one of the things that uh, the, the the pro abortion have, have said this won't, oh, this mm -hmm. uh, Supreme Court ruling, it won't end abortion. It'll just uh, mean that uh, uh, abortions aren't safe. It's like saying that, uh, oh, laws against <laughs> murder, uh, they just, yeah. uh, they, 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 the only thing they do is uh, 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 make murders uh, unsafe. Yeah, well, and that's exactly that's exactly the rationale that's used. It has to do with any any law. The laws don't necessarily exist to stop things from happening. Uh, they, they they tend to strongly discourage things from happening. Like law has a very real impact on culture. Uh, actually, an article I'm writing at the moment, uh, you'll get it on Right Minds next week probably. But I am actually discussing and revisiting that issue on uh, with regards to family first, which we'll talk about in a minute. But um, there was a saying that I used to use and it sounded really good, which was that politics is downstream from culture, but that's a, an overly simplistic and incredibly incorrect way of looking at these things because power and politics uh, and, and uh, law all interact with culture in, in a very complicated way. And more often than not, you could actually say that, you know, culture is downstream from the law. So uh, it, it, that is what affects people's behavior very, very strongly. And that's, 
generally speaking, the point of law is to, to modify people's behavior, but you can't always do that. You know, I mean, that's not a, um, uh, it, it, it doesn't need to modify everybody's behavior. It's not foolproof. That's, but the point of the law, obviously, is that there are consequences for those who break the law. Uh, and uh, that's what it's really all about. Uh, the Adern uh, government, they, they haven't just been uh, fixated on uh, the, uh, the Supreme Court ruling, but also the, the, the January 6th resurrection <laughs> show. Yeah, definitely. Before we get into Family First, we may as well talk about uh, uh, the effect of January 6th here on New Zealand. Um, <clears throat> the, the big news was that the Proud Boys and the base uh, had been designated as terrorist organizations in New Zealand. Um, I've never really heard of, I mean, I have heard of the base before, but I have no idea what any... It's, it's banned in Australia. It's yeah. uh, like, it's yeah. only ever been, uh, like I've only ever heard about it when it's been like reported on the mainstream media, which sort of seems to sort of yeah. hint that, you know, it just could be some sort of uh, 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 honeypot. Uh, yeah, well, that's the impression. Operation. That's the impression I get. So the thing about the Proud Boys as well is that the leader of the Proud Boys in America and uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Enrique, Enrico Tare, uh, Enrique Tario, yeah, uh, Tario. Anyway, his uh, he he is no known to have been an FBI informant, and I believe it's a similar situation with the base. So that's one reason why they would designate those terrorist organizations in New Zealand is that is it like they're basically honeypots, and so um, it's easy. Yeah, like it's easy to just like, you know, designate them with a terrorist organization because if anybody's ever involved with them, well, they know straight away anyway because they'll have, you know, those channels with the FBI. Uh, then, and yeah, the question yeah, from Pete here is, shouldn't a, a terrorist organization have had to commit a terrorism to be banned? So this sets a very interesting precedent here in New Zealand because the Proud Boys have, have never committed an act of terrorism. The reason that is cited, and they haven't even killed anyone. The reason that is cited in the document, the police provided a 29-page document that we won't go through. <laughs> um, but in the 29-page document, uh, they lay out things like, you know, what the, um, you know, what the views of the the Proud Boys are, and they include things. Well, what like, they say the views of the Proud Boys are. It's okay. like, yeah, it's <laughs> it's kind. It's, 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 it's bizarre left like like it's in, it's insane that this document comes from the police department as an official police department but they basically say that there is a cult of warrior and hyper masculinity including veneration of donald trump there's reactionary rejection of modernity they oppose uh, modern liberal democratic values uh, which is you know obviously well, that's what orthodoxy. Yeah, yeah but i mean they oppose progressive orthodoxy as we were discussing before they appeal to the middle class and traditional values and they assign uh, household roles to women. Uh, so that's, that's, <laughs> uh, and there's a few other bits and pieces. Oh yeah, hyper, I was at hyper nationalism, yeah. Western chauvinism and so on. Um, now yeah, which it claims is, is a mask of white nationalism, which yeah. is uh, And fake. obviously the leader, the leader that they've designated as the leader of the terrorist group is a black man. Uh, so the black man leads the white nationalist organization. It's all, again, so it's all, there's nothing to do with terrorism in here. Um, then they go on and on and on and on. And eventually it comes down to January 6th and they were involved with January 6th. They highlight the fact that they were unarmed, but they did have violent intentions. So they threatened Mike Pence. They apparently, according to the report said, so they were going to hang Mike Pence. It's like the hang Mike Pence chant. Um, they don't, they've actually put that in here as a, like 
reported to have been. So they don't have any evidence that that was the case either. Yeah, yeah. But they basically, it's basically like they committed some act of unarmed violence and they threatened politicians. And that is the, that is what, what they cite as, as why the Proud Boys are a terrorist organization. Uh, well, it's and, the, it says the American Proud Boys. This is what yes. this document is about. So it comes to the conclusion that uh, the, or is that uh, Proud Boys uh, organizations that have been observed <clears throat> in Canada and Australia, they are considered to be separate entities from Correct. the American Proud Boys and say they say there's no credible direct link or coordination mm -hmm. between chapters in Canada or Australia or elsewhere has observed. So, so, yeah, really so if you're a New Zealander, you're allowed to join the Australian Proud Boys. You're allowed to join the Canadian Proud Boys. You're allowed to form New Zealand Proud Boys. Well, the Canadian no Proud Boys exist. are banned by their own governments. <laughs> uh, so the Canadian Proud Boys can come to New Zealand. Um, that's all good. And the only thing is you're not allowed to promote or finance the American Proud Boys. Uh, obviously, uh, Enrico Taro is uh, Taro, whatever his name is. He's he's a he's a he's a disgusting human being. Like he said, it's all about you know booze, drugs, sex. Uh, he's paid for multiple women to have abortions. Like the the, the organization devolved into uh, you know into a into a hedonistic, uh, absolutely horrific uh, behavior they engage in. You know, so like like equivalent to left wing, like they're not a left wing group, but like they're on the level of debauchery to what you would expect from from far left organizations. It's, it's that level of uh, of debauchery. So uh, whatever their values, whatever their supposed values are, that's not uh, how any of them would act. So I'd have nothing nice to say about the American Proud Boys, but the standards applied here to make them a terrorist organization in New Zealand are very very interesting because. Um, uh, we have uh, gangs in New Zealand that have, in fact, uh, threatened politicians. Same level of uh, uh, sort of the same, if we were to apply the same standard but, here. Uh, the mongrel mob member went. <laughs> they, they do fund the mongrel mob. Okay, so a mongrel mob member was arrested and went to, threat, went to prison for threatening to kill Simeon Brown, uh, who's a member of parliament. That's obviously uh, probably beyond the level of whatever the Proud Boys, the, the American Proud Boys did. So in terms of, of the precedent that this sets, I think uh, hopefully is is something that a right, future right-wing government will do, like a future uh, Minister of Police, uh, uh, um, Simeon Brown. Uh, Simeon Brown very well could be the police minister next year. It's probably quite likely. Um, if he has any, you know, if he has the intestinal fortitude to do so, he should use this precedent to designate, say, the mongrel mob as a terrorist organization. Uh, and we can move on from there, right? Like this is at, at this particular level, that's the main thing is this, these, these organizations basically are anti-government, they've committed some act of violence uh, and, and threatened members of parliament. And that's, uh, you know, they don't have to be armed, they don't have to kill anyone, they don't have to commit any terrorist acts. So uh, yeah, well, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's bizarre to me that they would do this. So trying to, I haven't had much time to think about this in any great detail, but the only thing that's really come to mind is that they're scared of the basically, we had these freedom protests in New Zealand that we covered, um, <laughs> uh, and no, Pete, they have not banned all three of the proud, uh, proud Boys members in New Zealand, uh, if, if there even are that many. Um, uh, when I met them in 2018, there were like half a dozen of them. Um, they're, they're completely legal; they're, 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 they can do whatever they want. Um, yeah, so that's the only thing I can think of here is a connection to January 6th and and the the Parliament protests in New Zealand that they're scared of some kind of parliament protest repeat 
uh, some kind of New Zealand January 6th. Like they were sort of salivating about that at the parliament protest. So that's to me the only connection. And it, it seems to me they're throwing away a lot at this, right? Because they've lowered the bar for, for terrorist organizations to that point where, uh, where, where like any anarchist group, uh, any, any gang, uh, uh, possibly even some other left-wing, far-left organizations could be designated as terrorist entities. Well, I think that here in Australia, that uh, Blockade Australia, who I call uh, Blockhead uh, Australia, they should be listed as a, a terrorist organisation. Uh, the New South Wales Police, uh, when uh, they raided their their their, their compound uh, on the the weekend, said that they they feared for their 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 lives. They were that scared of these uh, fanatics, and uh, they've attempted to uh, block. Uh, Sydney uh, peak hour traffic in the the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, there was uh, one in in Sydney, Marley Cooper, who live streamed herself uh, parking at the entrance to the Sydney Harbour Bridge uh, tunnel. And uh, of course, if you're a a left wing uh, extremist, uh, you get invited on the the project for a a soft uh, interview. Yeah, that's that's Mally Cooper there. Uh, so she's from Lismore. So she's like, oh, we had two one in a century floods. So this is why I'm I'm doing this. And so, but of course, she's also got the difference between her and say the freedom activists is she's got lots of uh, climate uh, apologists. So. Again, she's the the what is it uh, walking stereotype, and uh, another another one who uh, was in the the police uh, lockup uh, complained about the lack of uh, vegan food in jail. So Harley McDonald uh, Eckersall uh, said that. Uh, uh, just an FYI to Surrey Hills Police Station, dry cereal and fruit is not food. Actually, it is. And cheese sandwich <laughs> is not food. Please get some real foods. A book would be nice. And uh, uh, so she said, <laughs> she said that, uh, what is it? Uh, to the real world. I was refused bail and remanded in custody for taking action with uh, a block blockade australia those who know me uh know that this is not my first arrest but this one routed me oh you know our bleeding hearts uh notice that they, they all wear wore, wore masks still as yeah. as well well that's uh i forgot to mention this at the right at the beginning of the show when we were talking about masks but um it, it is a bit of a theme that people who wear masks are either ugly criminals or have something, you know, something, uh, something to hide. Like if you were doing something yeah, or right, protest, very you didn't want to be identified. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, people have these, you know, there's a reason they like these masks and they keep them. So if you are engaged in that kind of activity, of course you love wearing masks and you're not going to stop. Uh, now there, uh, well, uh, it, there's been a, a, a ruling, uh, against, uh, another, uh, New Zealand's right of center organization. Yes, uh, the family, family first New Zealand, uh, led by Bob McCroskey, uh, has been deregistered as a charity in New Zealand. Um, in, in a practical sense, that means very, very little. It means that those who donate to family first, uh, don't get to claim tax back. So you should be able to claim, uh, you can, you know, you can deduct uh, your donations. Um, I previously wasn't actually donating to family first, but I've just started as of. Uh, like yesterday. So uh, thanks to the government, I guess, for funding 
for making people want to send money to family first. I uh, couldn't care less that it's uh, I'll be listed as a terrorist organization. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and and one of the things, reasons, one of the reasons I wasn't actually donating to them actively was was the fact that they were doing they were having this legal fight over being a charity, and um, you have some restrictions on you if you're a charity, you can't be fully politically involved. Like you have to meet these criteria to try and be a charity, including like just you know being educational, being like nonpartisan, uh, uh, all these bits and pieces. And we have a lot of charities in New Zealand that don't really meet those criteria, including Greenpeace, uh, who were deregistered at one point and then won the court case to be to, to, to retain their tax deductible status. <clears throat> and sorry, I'm losing my voice here. Um, and so you have a lot of these organizations who do that, but the only one that's been deregistered, deregistered has been Family First uh, because of their support for, uh, you know, traditional values for Christianity, for families. Uh, you know, because they're advocating for right-wing causes, they're not allowed to have their charitable status. Organizations that advocate for left-wing causes are allowed to have charitable status in New Zealand. So it's become uh, very politicized, uh, you know, to be a, to be a, a charity in New Zealand. Uh, but the, what I see is the good part of them no longer being a charity is the fact that, you know, there are no, uh, they don't need to try and walk a tightrope. They don't need to try and meet certain criteria uh, to maintain the status. <clears throat> they they're now free to go you know gloves off and do their job properly so it's it's to me uh, uh it's neither here nor there we'll have to see what the effects of this are but but personally i'm giving money to them now that i wasn't giving to them before so we'll we'll see how that develops um but it is in some sense a concerning development purely from from a political uh political standpoint obviously who are they targeting next what are they uh, what are they going after uh, you know, like you said, like you were joking, you know, are they going to make yeah. uh, family well, first a terrorist yeah. organization? Who, know, who knows where this goes? So it's dangerous. You wrote about but, how um, the Labour government, should... Labour is going to lose the next election, basically, like the, with the economic state, with the way things are going, uh, there's a very little chance that they that, that, that make it through the next election. So uh, a lot of this setup, you know, could be applied again in the future. The family first ruling could be precedent to start deregistering a lot of left-wing organizations as well. That's the the dream. That's my dream. Dreams are free, right? Yeah. You wrote about uh, the persecution of a, a Christian college mm -hmm. for having Christian mm -hmm. values. Yeah. So say, same situation almost. Uh, Bethlehem College is a state integrated school. Uh, they uh, were attacked by several far left activists over a statement in their belief, uh, their belief statement, where they said that um, they, they affirmed that marriage was between a man and a woman. Uh, and the Ministry of Education made them remove it in order to keep their funding. Basically, that was the, the outcome. But um, you know, I took, if you go to rightminds.nz, read the whole article. Um, again, we're publishing there once a week, once or twice a week. And I, I'm, I'm basically committing to one, to, to getting something out every week. So uh, it's uh, people really enjoyed that article. And I do give them a bit of grief as well over the fact that they allowed, you know, it's supposed to be a Christian school. Why have you got like a fifth column of uh, alphabet uh students you know who are bringing in activists and well it's uh, like what happened to, to yes, school. Uh, yeah. city point uh, yeah. christian college yeah. in in brisbane yeah. earlier this yeah. year who withdrew yeah. their enrollment uh contract yeah same similar situation yeah and and i described it as a as a deal with the devil basically because they did they went for state integration in 1999 in order to get funding and you know the ministry of education is controlled by the enemy well guess what you want the money uh, uh they they are going to start uh tightening the clamps so 
uh, that should have been predicted. They should have prepared for that. They should have done better, and they haven't. And like now, now they've basically, you know, in a, some way, back down where they no longer have this statement of belief, uh, and, and and they want to keep their money. So they and the Ministry of Education know at this point. Okay, cool. You'll do anything to keep the money, and so it'll only get worse. Uh, so definitely something for these schools to be aware of, something for Christians to be aware of as well, to be supporting, you know, your local schools, home, homeschool groups and so on, local private schools, uh, get them, untangle them from, you know, the state integration or ministry of education or get them to stand up for their beliefs more, more firmly, you know, get on these school boards, you know, even even get on party boards, you know, we need good, uh, good board members uh, uh, for new conservatives as well. Um, and obviously, you know, better MPs, like we have a few good MPs in the National Party, and they certainly there have been, you know, groups of people get, trying to get better MPs in the National Party. Who knows whether how that will work in the long run? So far, it hasn't had any good effect. But definitely, you know, people need to be more aware of the political fight. You know, this, is a, this is a political fight. That's a spiritual fight. And uh, unfortunately, uh, what we're really suffering from is a lack of awareness as to what's going on and what the risks are and what the dangers are. So that's part of our job as well. Uh, education, uh, telling people, uh, you know, what's going on and, uh, you know, get, you know, make sure your friends, your family, people at church, people at the schools, make sure they really do know what's going on and what needs to, not what needs to be done. There is a lot of work ahead of us. Um, over here in Australia, uh, Anthony Albanese, uh, the Prime Minister, is not here. He's overseas again in Madrid uh, for the NATO meeting because uh, Indo-Pacific uh, partners, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Jacinta has been over there, Japan and South mm -hmm. uh, Korea. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, Anil is also stopping via Paris uh, to meet uh, Emmanuel Macron to uh, reset uh, French uh, relations over the, the cancelled uh, submarine uh, contracts that the, the Morrison government uh, did. And uh, he, uh, accompanying him is uh, uh, who I'm going to call the, the first Sheila uh, because uh, uh, Julia Gillard's partner, mm -hmm. Tim Masterson, was called the, the, the first bloke, so I'm calling... Uh, Annals partner Jody Hayden, uh, the first Sheila. Uh, so she, uh, she is. That's a that's a photo over there, and uh, she she said she shares uh, a lot of uh, far left views, uh, such as calling for the date of uh, Australia Day to be changed. So yes, no wonder uh, she found uh, Annal uh, attractive. Uh, so. Uh, she, uh, Annal is the first Australian Prime Minister to be a divorcee. Uh, so Julia Gillard was the first who was uh, never been married. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yes. Uh, we've also had uh, the Foreign Minister. How much younger? Uh, sorry, how much younger? May have missed that. How much younger is she than him, actually? Or is it kind of not one of those? 15 years. He's, he's, he's 59. <laughs> She's 43. Uh -huh. Uh, right. Foreign Minister Penny Wong has been in uh, Malaysia, where she was born. Uh, she's returned mm -hmm. to her hometown, and she was asked about uh, uh, the fact that uh, her lifestyle is uh, illegal in uh, Malaysia. Asked <laughs> about domestic politics in the countries which I go, but. I would say this, people know my views from the things I've said over 20 years in, in public life. Well, I remember she once said that uh, she didn't support same-sex marriage. 
<laughs> and it was again, it was again, uh, no, no deviation from the progressive orthodoxy. So as the orthodoxy shifts, so does you know, the views magically shift as well. We also have had uh, uh, Deputy Prime Minister Richard Miles in Rwanda for the the the, the, the Commonwealth uh, heads of a government meeting, uh, Chogham. And uh, we also had uh, Tanya Plibersbeck, the new Water and Environment Minister in Portugal for the Oceans uh, Summit. Uh, so uh, Emmanuel Macron seemed to take a, a liking to her, said that uh, you're back <laughs> of uh, in terms of Australia's uh, back in action on climate change because uh, APS government uh, still intends to legislate the 43% emissions target by uh, 2030, even though uh, the, the, uh, we're struggling to keep the lights on uh, during this, this winter. With all of these ministers overseas, uh, it's been asked, who's actually running the country? Uh, so, yeah, uh, the... the uh, yeah. Oh, well, the, the yeah. So the prime minister, deputy prime minister, and the the foreign minister is leader in the Senate all, all all away. So I guess that makes acting prime minister Don Farrell, who's the what is that special uh, minister of state and uh, minister for trade. He's actually a social conservative from South Australia, so. Uh, <laughs> He's not a bad person to, to have left. I mean, the, the new parliament doesn't even open until uh, July uh, 31st. Uh, so yeah, even it's though quite interesting how, how you, guys, you, you guys basically shift over your government like like the next day after the election. Basically, you know, that's sort of yeah, what it feels like. The, happened, the, the parliament is, happens, is, yeah. Is, is, is not sitting until the end of the month, supposedly until after the school holidays to make sure that it's a family-friendly uh, parliament. Uh, we also had uh, the Australian ambassador for women and girls talk about how uh, climate change uh, is important uh, for uh, women. We thank the panellists for their insights. As we confront the climate crisis, women and girls, human rights, must be at the centre of our collective efforts. Climate change and its consequences can exacerbate the risk of sexual and gender-based violence. This risk is most acute for women and girls facing multiple and intersecting forms of discrimination and inequality, including Indigenous women and girls. Australia is committed to achieving gender equality and eliminating sexual and gender-based violence, including during emergencies. Australia is providing funding to train disaster responders to identify and support women and girls experiencing family and domestic violence during and after natural disasters. We stand with Pacific women and girls in responding to the climate crisis, including by providing negotiator training to support women delegates from Pacific Island countries to represent their countries in international climate change meetings. Women and girls in all their diversity must be able to live their lives free of violence. Realising women's and girls' human rights is an important part of securing the future of our planet and a better future for us all. 
Australia would welcome the panellists' views on good practices addressing violence against women and girls in the context of climate change and the women, peace and security agenda. Yes, and there you go. Uh, climate change, domestic <laughs> and sexual violence, particularly in uh, Indigenous communities and in the Pacific region, according to our ambassador for women and girls. It, it looked like a, a badly filmed hostage video, actually. Um, and I can't even remember much of what she said. Uh, uh, yeah, it was... Most, uh, most people uh, didn't just know. Something about it being, uh, securing a future for children, uh, you know, something or whatever. Uh, that was that was it. Anyway, uh, most Australians <laughs> know we were paying for an Australian ambassador for women and girls until this clip went viral. Uh, now, even I though can absolutely see why it went why it went viral though, that was that was quite insane. Uh, even though know, know, uh, it took a minute, two minutes, it was crazy. Yeah, even though Anol, he's been to what is it the the Quad? Uh, he's also been to uh, Indonesia and now NATO. So he's tried to let. Uh, the world know that he's Australia's uh, Prime Minister, uh, though uh, Justin Trudeau, uh, the French, uh, well, uh, Canadian uh, Prime Minister, he's similar to the French President in that regard, <laughs> I, I was uh, shaking hands with, with Anil and uh, this is what happened. It's uh, a real pleasure uh, to be uh, uh, meeting with uh, uh, a great uh, progressive leader. Uh, we're really, really excited to have uh, uh, a friend in, in Australia. Australia's been a, a long-time friend, but with, uh, uh, with Prime Minister Albanese, we have someone now who we're going to be able to dig into on uh, climate change, on inclusive economic growth, on... <laughs> <laughs> That, that's, now, that's like me uh, all the time. Whenever I forget everybody's names, yeah, you could tell he's he's like, oh man, what was that memo that I read? They gave me they gave me the memo just just before her before the you know ten seconds before this meeting. What was what was on the memo? Oh. <laughs> we had the Australian Bureau of Statistics this week uh, release the results of the twenty twenty one census. Uh, so uh, some of the, the snapshots that uh, the ABS decided to focus on is that uh, millennials have overtaken the, mm -hmm. the boomers as the, the most uh, populous uh, uh, generation uh, demographic. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, that is certainly something that uh, uh, raised raise, uh, some eyebrows because, uh, well, the, the, there's been much uh, animosity uh, over uh, what the, the the boomers in their their time in uh, uh, globalist leadership have uh, delivered for the the oh, world. Certainly, <laughs> we'll see. The if, time of the uh, time of the boomer is over. The time of the millennial has come. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. <laughs> well um, what we're seeing from well, I'm a considered a millennial Gen Y. Are you are you in what is it? Trust. Uh, I'm allowed to be. I'm allowed to be both. So. Yeah. You're. You're. What is it? Generational fluid. Yeah, that's that's I'm I'm intergenerational, so it's uh, I can depends on depends on which side of the bed I get up in the morning. Uh, so some of the uh, the snapshots in the the ABS media releases is the changing face of Australia's uh, six million families. Uh, so uh, 
out of the 5.5 million couple families, uh, 53% have children living with them and 47% do not have children uh, living uh, with them. Uh, for the first time, the census recorded more than 1 million uh, one parent uh, families. Uh, so, and uh, there also goes on that uh, uh, that uh, it's uh, over 1.8 million people mm -hmm. are divorced, uh, 600,000 are separated, wow. uh, 1 million are widowed, and of these, 8 out of 10 are femaled. And uh, so, also, female privilege to live longer. Yes, and uh, also. <laughs> uh, says here that the census counted uh, 2.5 million families with children under the age of uh, 15 years. And it uh, also uh, talks about how, well, since same-sex marriage, there's been 25,000 same-sex marriages. Uh, uh, well, that's quite a lot. Not really. <laughs> we also uh, had uh, the... Oh, I've got to go here. Um, uh, we did, had did the... You, did you cover the religious statistics already? Yeah, or yes, is that something yes. you were looking for? Uh, going on to the religion, religious here. So Christianity is still most common religion with 43.9% uh, identifying as Christian, but no religion, 38.9%. Uh, 3.2% uh, identify as Muslim and 27 as uh, Hindu. So I, I think uh, yeah. very similar, very similar situation to New Zealand. I mean, obviously some of the, 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 you know, the specific numbers are different, but I think not, not by a huge amount from memory. Somebody in the chat who can, who has a better memory than me can, can correct me, but yeah. I think the only thing that's probably really different is you have, uh, I think, uh, about what well, you said to us, they're twenty percent Catholic, which is uh, quite a bit larger than us. I think we are. Um, we have another, another. Uh, we have a lot more Presbyterians in New Zealand than you do, I think. So we're about ten, ten percent Catholic, 10, well, a bit more, ten fifteen Catholic, ten percent Anglican, ten percent Presbyterian, something along those lines in New Zealand. Mm. And uh, also. Uh, uh, one of the the, the more uh, no noteworthy or uh, commented on uh, on uh, results of the census is uh, nearly half of Australians have a, a parent uh, born overseas. Uh, census showed Australia's welcome more than one million people <laughs> since twenty seventeen, and so yeah, the top, the the top five uh, migrants, well, uh, Australians who were born in uh, in countries other than Australia, the top five were obviously England, uh, New Zealand, uh, China, and India. But coming in number five, uh, uh, surprisingly, was the Philippines, uh, Marg's uh, people. Uh, mm -hmm. So a lot of them have been well, they, they they tend to have higher birth rates too. They're good good at having kids, so that that may be why they they show up there. Oh well, a, a lot of a lot of Australians, uh, Australian men, uh, marry yeah, Filipino men. Yeah, see, that's uh, you're right. It's a good good if you need. That's what I always recommend to the incels. You know, you can always buy, you know, a bride from overseas, and if you look after her, you know, they tend to be really good. But they they tend not to uh, appreciate that message very much. <laughs> and uh, so the it also mentioned the second largest increase in country of birth was nepal uh so that's uh 
interesting there. And uh, so Mandarin continues to be the most common language other than English uh, used at home uh, and uh, followed by uh, Arabic and uh, then uh, Punjabi. The top five reported ancestries were English at 33%, Australian at 30%. It's interesting more identify as English than Australian. Irish at uh, 9.5%. So that's why St. Patrick's Day is so big here. Scottish at 8.6% and Chinese at 5.5%. I hope that that 5.5% they don't all identify as CCP Chinese. Uh, Well, the CCP identifies them as CCP Chinese. And that's uh, the problem many countries can get uh, is the, if you have a very high percentage of uh, Chinese immigrants and New Zealand does too, obviously, is that the CCP takes a very personal interest in what goes on in your country. Uh, We're into overtime now. So what is it? All I've got left in our, what is it? Domestic, uh, Australian domestic, news uh well it's uh, new south wales and victorian uh political news so uh the the start of the uh the financial uh year uh means that uh, uh power bills and tolls and fines are increasing but uh, good news dan andrews is going to give you 250 uh dollars just for comparing your power bills basically free money uh mm-hmm. Which could be interpreted as a pre-election bribe. I mean, I'm going to uh, 250 per household. I'm going to apply for the uh, for for my household, but I'm still going to not going to vote for you, Dan. <laughs> uh, he's being cheap here in New Zealand. Jacinda's giving us, I think, 350 over winter if you earn under seventy thousand dollars. So, in, in a household, you could get as much as like seven hundred dollars from Jacinda this year. Uh, we have the uh, the ambulance uh, ramping uh, continuing. There was another code red on Tuesday morning when zero ambulances were available from about uh, 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. Now, Dan Andrews and his ministers, they blame the, uh, the pandemic and those damn Victorians who call the ambulances uh, when it's not an emergency. Uh, uh, always, they, they love to blame uh, Victorians for their failing, though yeah. uh, 70 uh, preventable deaths were attributed to ambulance ramping in 2018, which was way before uh, the current the the the, the well the, the the pandemic i should say uh in uh new south wales uh this week uh the uh train drivers and uh teachers uh are on uh, have uh, taken part in strike action the the healthcare workers have done uh previously um it's interesting that they're they're all striking in new south wales where there's a liberal government facing re-election in 2023 but in victoria where there's a labor government facing re-election in 2022 there's no strike action (laughs) and uh we also the uh the new south wales parity government had a another uh headache uh this week uh with um uh, former uh, Deputy Premier uh, John Barillaro uh, uh, withdrawing uh, from a, a plum uh, trade uh, commissioner role with the, the New South Wales government in New York, which would have had him earning 500000 uh, a year. 
these posi- these trade uh, commissioner positions were created when he was uh, deputy uh, premier. Uh, so uh, there was going to be an inquiry into the appointment process because apparently they were going to give the job to somebody else, but then they withdrew it and then he was uh, uh, appointed. So it's just a, a political headache. But why does the state government need... Uh, these trade commissioners and pay them half a million a year. Like, what's the you know cost benefit? <laughs> mm, uh, you uh, probably they owe them a favor. Uh, we have, uh, I think, I think I mentioned this when we had an MP uh, forced into retirement in, in Tunisia. And the government created a new job for her that paid uh, several hundred thousand dollars. So I think that's the kind of political favor you're looking at. Uh, mm. Uh, Iron Duke 99 has sent through a super chat on entropy for three US dollars. Thank you, Iron Duke. Uh, what do you blokes think about the Aussie Cossack being jailed and him being labeled as a security threat to Australia? Yes, uh, uh, we discussed this last night on Wilmsfront uh, with Nick Patterson. So the, the Aussie Kazakh, uh, Simin Boykov, sentenced to 10 months uh, imprisonment, six months non-parole for breaching a, uh, a pedophile suppression order and he's deemed a national uh security uh threat uh because of his uh, pro-russian views so yes it's i think it's designed to have a chilling effect that nobody nobody else dare names uh pedophiles who won uh court uh court suppressed uh this or have uh, court suppression orders Uh, you were talking about the, uh, you know, health system ambulance deaths before in, in Australia and in New Zealand as well. We have, you know, the uh, uh, waiting rooms in hospitals are so bad now that we have people waiting six six to eight hours on average sometimes. We've had uh, 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 a number of articles uh, in the, you know, the, in the media uh, of people who have, you know, gone home, waited for six or seven hours, gone home and died or sat in the waiting room for six or seven hours and then dropped dead. Uh, so that's the sort of, you know, how how uh, overwhelmed the health system in New Zealand is at the moment. Uh, probably, you know, not related to ambulances here, but it seems like, uh, uh, you know, the the pandemic response, as we were discussing at the beginning, right at the beginning of the show, was uh, just, just you know, has done some real, real damage to New Zealand's health in the, in the long term. So we're going to be seeing those effects uh, throughout the years. But, you know, this year, uh, again, worse than any previous year in terms of, uh, uh, you know, the uh, amount of, of people who basically just have to die waiting for, for, for health care, waiting for an ambulance, waiting in the waiting room, waiting for triage, uh, waiting, you know, on the cancer screening waiting list and so on. Uh, uh, you know, the uh, huge amounts of damage being done to uh to to the health and future of new zealanders by the uh the so-called pandemic response yes uh there's going to be this uh pandemic hangover of the well uh, they, they they shouldn't be called unintended because uh, no. they're, they're always <laughs> going to be they were warned there were plenty of people out there telling them what was going to happen and they intentionally ignored these people because it wasn't about they weren't worried about the long-term effects it was like you know what can we do to uh to get the uh you know get get power get people to like us deal with hysteria train you know get whatever whatever you know drives people nuts and and makes them afraid that's what the focus was on uh so yeah 
All right. Well, it's been great to have you uh, back on board, Dewe. Uh, thank you to everyone in the, the live chats, as usual, on the Unshackled and Right Minds channel. And thank you to our super chatter, uh, Iron Duke 99 Yes, it has been good to see everyone uh, in the chat. Some familiar names, some names I haven't seen in a long time. And I do hope you enjoyed the show. I'll be back in two weeks again. And uh, until then, like I said, I am back to writing articles for, for Right Minds. Uh, I'm uh, doing uh, some, some things for New Conservative as well, which, you know, I'll, if you're on the uh, New Conservative mailing list, you actually get a, uh, a newsletter from me every month. I don't think I've mentioned that before on here, but definitely go, if you're in New Zealand, go to the uh, uh, New Conservative website, go to the join page, and if you, you know, at least get on the mailing list if you don't want to be a member, and you'll still get my uh, newsletters there, uh, in addition to this show and the Right Minds content. And yes, Origin, today is a good day. And uh, with that, uh, I will say goodbye and good night. Yep. Stay, stay sane, uh, stay free, uh, stay healthy, uh, stay warm, and <laughs> keep it in your pants to avoid these new viruses. <laughs> and we are going to win. Good night. Good night. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk. To keep up with the latest real news and analysis from the Tasman Nations, visit theyoungshackles.net and rightminds.nz.